Hello, humans! It is Rob here with Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show number 137. The world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes. And with me, as always, is Brandon. Hello, everybody. And Josh. Why do superheroes always live on coastal cities? How many superheroes live on coastal cities? Actually, it's probably a decent amount. Barry, Batman, Superman. Yeah. I mean, Superman technically, but like I was looking it up last week, the placement of Metropolis, and it's a little more inland. Mm. Like it's on a a huge lake or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's so they could have. uh, It's uh, it's so they could have fight scenes at a pier. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Gives the water. It's the only way. Exactly. Because there's no, (laughs) as we know from video games, there's no greater temple than the water temple. Oh God. Oh God. Give me unless you got the PTSD to beating Ocarina of Time. (laughs) Honestly, I played the Ocarina Water Temple. I didn't even hate it that much. I honestly like that's like legit. I. It's just really tedious. I think that's why why people hated it so much. Like. Maybe. It's not. It's definitely not as hard as everyone makes it out to be. It's just really, yeah. It's really tedious. I, Although I felt the haunted temple a lot worse. Mm. Yeah. I'll tell you, yeah. back in the days before guides and the internet, the Deku tree was a motherfucker. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was that was freaking annoying right off the bat. God yeah. damn skulltulas. <laughs> See, I hated the spirit temple. For me, that was yeah. that was the, yeah. the bitch of them all. Like I was just that, that was the one where I was like, okay, I don't know how much longer I can keep going. That honestly, full disclosure, and you're gonna laugh. I played Ocarina of Time, and mm-hmm. I got to the the spirit temple, and I got to Phantom Ganon, and for the life of me, I could not beat him. And I have never really played Ocarina of Time because of that. Oh my god! I got wow. some Phantom Ganon. We gotta I fix spent, that, like, dude. I spent a few hours trying to beat this bitch, and I gave Ugh. up. And I just watched the rest on Let's Plays. Oh, no, <laughs> you you got you got to just keep going. Like I know it, I know it's hard, but you can't give up. I know. <laughs> That's my thing. I it's know. like I just I couldn't I've... get the timing right. I was like, I'm so done. Yeah. I don't want to break my controller. <laughs> oh my god! I'm so done with these Ooh. spirit orbs. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I hear you. Oh my god. Is that back and forth is so gah. So that being said, if you ever want to get in touch with us and tell us your classic stories of Zelda gaming <laughs> horror, send us an email to comics at notarobotpodcast.com and get us on Twitter at notarobotcomics as well as Instagram at narcomicbooks. And if you feel like supporting us, visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash narpodcasts where you can get access to our Discord server, where we're always talking about all sorts of things. Like, I know we talked about something. Hey. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm talk sure about, I'm trying to think of something that's not news that we're going to mention in a minute. It's, it's hard to say. Yeah. We're talking about a lot of stuff. Kirk trying to come up with uh, uh, a funny crisis for dc but he's oh, having trouble fun. understanding the timeline of dc to pick a villain that's not overused yeah dc is eventually going to come to crisis crisis yes. yeah it's the no, only i think way. big bad i think big bad crisis which was the one i got big will, will happen sometime soon <laughs> yeah. that's so terrible i can see it 
Big Bad Crisis. I love it. Oh yeah. Nice. Who who would be the villain in Big Bad Crisis? Oh my god, I don't even know. I mean, I, I think... joke about Xtan a lot, but <laughs> I feel like I need to go dumber than that. I don't know. I don't know if you guys caught it when I said when Kirk was asking like I'm trying to find a villain, but I can't think of one. I said you should pick Hawk, but then switch it to Captain Adam. Oh my god! Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Condiment King gets the Emperor Joker's Emperor Joker's power. Oh no, that's pretty <laughs> terrible. But that's uh, that would be a big bad, <laughs> bad crisis. crisis. Yeah. yeah, that would be a big bad crisis. For sure. <laughs> Multiversal power and condiments. Oh Lord! <clears throat> I destroy the, the multiverse with ketchup. So much. Yeah. <laughs> He'll, he will relish the opportunity. The... Oh no! <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was there. Like I, all of the all that's... the advertisement for the event <laughs> would just be terrible puns. Oh, it has to be. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing you guys haven't figured out about me yet. Is I will always pick the low hanging fruit. I have oh no shame about that. Could you it's could you imagine kind of it's fruit. like Oh my god, yeah. Could you imagine like treat. like a, a really well drawn like advertisement for you know the event book or something and it's just like uh they're trying to see if the heroes can pass mustard and you're like, Oh my god, fuck this book. Yeah, like, it's all like Brian Hitch. It's like super yeah. serious imagery. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like super serious yeah. looking and it's just like a complete <laughs> joke. Yeah. And then the one serious Dan Didio writes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Then the the one serious advertisement they have is drawn by Sergio Aragonis. <laughs> oh, that would be phenomenal. <laughs> that would be so phenomenal. I think we got some here, guys. Yeah, that's perfect. That's an ad campaign right there. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone will die. Drawn by Sergio Everyone. Aragonis. Yes, yes. <laughs> they just have that ridiculous guru look. Oh, God, yeah. Will our heroes <laughs> catch up to the condiment king? <laughs> Drawn by Jorge Jimenez. Yeah, like, like just beautifully illustrated, but just terrible, terrible advertising. Condiment oh, crisis. That's, I mean, oh, God. it's taken on a yeah. life of its own now. Oh, yeah. Wait, it's like, it's like, oh, this will be the last time. It's like a, a beautifully rendered picture of condiment king by alex ross and it's like oh god he's relishing he's 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 relishing the opportunity to get his vengeance <laughs> he's relishing, we know we don't buy that oh god to yeah. be frank he's relishing the chance to uh, show that the heroes don't cut yeah. the mustard oh god yes <laughs> All promotional art drawn by Alex Ross. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Sorrentino. I, I don't know how serious. It's all like Alex really Ross trippy is. looking. No, I, I, yeah, I was picturing like a very serious, like realistic looking version of Condiment King and all the heroes and yeah. stuff, but just, just like the worst, <laughs> the worst puns you could possibly imagine. Yeah. Like I, I don't know how serious. Alex Ross takes his work, but I feel like he would love that idea. At least I hope he would love that idea. <laughs> I hope so. I want to believe. Be he would all love for that idea. Yeah. 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 
Oh man, that'd be great. Just the one chance because everybody wants like that serious, awesome, realistic look from mm-hmm. Alex Ross. But like he's got this one chance to just go crazy. Take oh it. god, yeah, that would be <laughs> yes, absolutely. Draw the most hyper realistic condiment king possible, and and still oh. make it goofy. Yes. Yeah. Condiment king, polka dot man, and the rat catcher. Yeah. Just like the the D and. F listers, just the worst, the worst, yeah. just the worst. And Kite Man in the back, looking sad because he's not included. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my! Wait, no, no. It would be. Oh my God! It would be. It would be like like super serious, like the um, you know that Alex Ross drawing of of Batman with like the scars on his back. Yeah. It would be like that, but with Kite Man, and it would just say "Hell yeah" above it, and there's your ad. <laughs> Like, like he's like he's like looking down like very stoically and it's like super serious and it just says hell yeah, yeah. and you're like all right oh, i'm you know so I was ready just to thinking, buy you remember the ad campaign for what? final crisis where it was just like various images of oh yeah, yeah, yeah. characters yes. with the red border a lot yeah. like that oh my god but just ridiculous. oh my god yes <laughs> that would be phenomenal mm-hmm. is this something to get excited for yeah <laughs> coming <laughs> to your shops never Oh, of course. Coming to your house, never. <laughs> never. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, speaking uh, of the show. be prudent. Was that a, was that a pun? Did I? No. Today's books, we are looking at, for, uh, we are looking at Adventures of Superman, number one, Poison Ivy, number 10, Batman, number 133, and The Flash, number 794, as well as a couple of honorable mentions. But before we get into that, this feels so scripted now because we've already been going on for like 10 minutes about stuff. <laughs> what's, what's going on in the news world with you guys? Nothing. Yeah, nothing uh, uh, Nothing too major. Uh, just aside from a personal thing, I, I sent the, the pictures in Discord. Uh, but for our listeners, Rob has, has radicalized us into being... <laughs> figure collectors i feel like re-radicalized in my case because i i used to be more into them and then i hadn't really caught them in a while but at least for me i i they had a a sale on one of the mcfarland figures a grifter figure specifically over on amazon and i just i couldn't resist because it was such a good deal so i i pulled the trigger showed up on wednesday and i have been playing with it ever since and i i won't lie i'm playing with it right now that's fair. I don't blame you. And it's not my intention to make us figure collectors. I just got really... I've always Too wanted late. to collect Green Lantern figures, and I decided I, I had the spare cash. I was going to do it. And all of a sudden, now we're all doing it. <laughs> yeah. It's not my intention, but I'm happy you're enjoying Grifter. It's a sick-looking figure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. But uh, aside from that, nothing... Uh, Nothing else too crazy in uh, my neck of the woods. Right. Same here. Oops. I got more snow coming. That's about it. Oh, oh God. Oh, yep. same oh. here. Speaking of though, like Weekend's the day supposed to be another storm. The day after we recorded last week, and Brandon, I meant to ask if you guys had this too, because <clears throat> you're mm-hmm. kind of not too far from where I am technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a major snowstorm in the, the Toronto area last Friday night that ended up giving us thunder snow which i had never experienced before (laughs) apparently it's a thing that's that's more common around the great lakes areas but even then it's still rare and it was just this big 
bolt of lightning and loud booming thunder that stroke uh, struck across like a good oh chunk God. of the sky. Like I'm, a, I may be a good at minimum on a good day, 30 minute drive from mm. downtown Toronto on the highway. If I were to take residential, it would be like an hour and a half drive. And yeah, I heard yeah. it from downtown Toronto. Jesus. <laughs> from yeah, where I no. live. We, we like did not get a center CN Tower. Oh my God. Yeah, we did not get anything that intense. Uh, we did yeah. get some snow, as I think most of the Northeast did. But yeah, yeah. thunder, snow. No. Yeah. That, that sounds it was like a, wild. Oh my God. Yeah. It was an experience. Yeah. Like, it's, it, it, I'm not afraid of thunderstorms. I love thunderstorms, but this one kind of mm. scared me. Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> it's, it's like snowing. apocalyptic. <laughs> I had a few of those growing up in Michigan. Yeah. Man. They are, they sounds are like something to behold. To, to get into the spirit of the is. weather, it sounds like we need to read Final Night. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> or Endless Winter. <laughs> you know, just to remind yourself that no matter how bad you have it, it could always be worse. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. What about uh, the comic world? Anything exciting going on there? I've heard one thing. <laughs> Kyle Rayner has a White Lantern Funko Pop. Yes, 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 yes. That's uh, about all I got the, this week, my the man. The figure talk. <laughs> we were, we were before we started recording. We were wondering if the White Lantern version of Kyle Rayner had a figure, and uh, sadly, he does not. I guess there is. No. You said it was a, a con exclusive. There's one with Hal Jordan as a White Lantern from yeah, Black Knight. Yeah, back when he was doing the Black Yeah, there's um, actually there's a con exclusive Hal Jordan of every Lantern color. Oh, it's, seriously. It's, yeah, you can annoying. get the you can get the White Lantern Hell Jordan from DC Universe Classics on Amazon from Mattel, thirty eight bucks right now. Yeah, I saw that. I want an Orange Lantern Hell Jordan. That'd be sick. An Orange Lantern Hell Jordan. Just to recreate that one cover. Yes. Oh my yes. God. But you need the Orange Lantern. That's the only thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Here it is. SDCC two thousand nine exclusive. Oh my lord. Yeah. At price. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I've been a <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. oh, my word. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Anyone I got a time machine? <laughs> yeah. What bugs me the most is I my first con was in 2009, and I never saw those. I, Man, I didn't yeah. get any con-exclusive Hal Jordans. I just got each individual <sighs> color of the lantern rings because they were giving them away at the DC booth. Yeah. And oh, honestly, man. what what I laugh at, though, is I got each of those rings for free just by going to the DC booth <laughs> of Fan Expo. But now uh-huh. you can buy those rings. For oh, like yeah. Yeah, no. For the set. You, they, they sell them and on, the, I mean, I I think I got like the, the bundle or whatever crazy. a couple years back. Um, yeah. It's like 10 bucks or so for, for all the rings. I just, I find it hilarious that, that you have to, like, they cost money now. <laughs> And there were freebies at a convention. Oh my lord! Yeah, I just to me that never should have been. I even remember like they had way too many rings for a while, and that even my LCS that my dad used to go to had a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of rings because DC just sent them rings, and they were giving them out with comics to every customer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! 
yeah. my god. I, yeah, I you always you always money. wonder like what happens to the the overstock of the free stuff that they'll hand out with a particular comic. Like even recently yeah. they had the um I mean they were giving out the the Legion flight rings like years ago and then they did that yeah. again when Bendis was doing the title and then they had the uh, Did you guys see the three Joker's playing cards? I have like yeah, three of those because literally every time I would go into a store and I would buy a copy of the issue, they would just shove it into my hands because they they had too much of them and they're just like, just take it, please, just take it. We don't, we don't want it. So I have like I could if I if I'd taken a couple more, I could have like had a small deck of those playing cards. It's crazy. That's awful. Like literally, they're just like, please, just take them. We don't need it. We have too many. No one wants them. Hey, Rob, <laughs> I found an orange lantern held Jordan on eBay for 40 bucks. Oh, damn. Well, I, that's I don't, it's a DC Universe yeah, Classics, go, though. It's not the, I don't think that's the Comic-Con exclusive. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think the Comic-Con stuff was. This one kind of looks like that Lex line. you have. Oh, yeah. Interesting. With the, yeah, with the, the green kind of transparent power suit. Oh, yeah? Interesting. Yeah, but this one is orange. Huh. But it's also 40 bucks. Open box. Yeah, that's not bad. Honestly, now all I need is a star sapphire and an indigo lantern, and I have one of each color. Oh, my God. If you do get an indigo lantern, I don't know if you want to get indigo one or knock, but... I, if I had the choice, I would get Knock because I love his design. Yeah. They're both cool and you know it. Yeah, they, they both are. I, li I like Indigo mm -hmm. one, though. Eroke is pretty cool. And we say, do you mean, are you talking about Merc? Oh, Merc, sorry. What, did I say Knock? Knock. Yeah. No, that's, that's like their, that's like the that's phrase that they say, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god! That just my brain. It's like they're all. That's why I need you more than one to thing. be the lantern expert. <laughs> We're all an expert on something. Yeah, but yeah, no, for I love that, that design for you. For it's everything else. <laughs> it's everything else. <laughs> everything and nothing. Um, yeah. They um actually wait no I I was I feel like I already know the answer but they have a Saint Walker right that was part of the Blackest Night mm. line yeah yeah okay they had a, they had a lot actually for that line there was oh yeah I think there was something like nine yeah. different waves of four figures damn it's insane yeah yeah I forget how popular Blackest Night was yeah like people still talk about it, it as like, was like huge. the yeah. events like the yeah. DC events. And I feel like that's people, that's it's still like the best one. Yeah, in the in the history of like character specific events, I feel like that's going to be a, a hard one to top. Just yeah, in the history of, of you know DC Comics, it even tops what, some with all the tie-ins. Yeah, with all, with all the tie-ins, about half of them were pretty damn decent too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's already DC's so most successful event. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And there's a reason like they're still. I mean, maybe they they did a little too much with um, some of the the tie-ins, but I mean, there's there's a reason they literally reissue an absolute edition of Blackest Night like every two years. So people yeah. keep buying it. And that's what the thing with the tie-ins too is, it doesn't even have to be 
a hefty part of the story for it to mm-hmm. be a good part of the story, right? Like, no, not really. Yeah, like the fact that they even pulled that publicity stunt with bringing back titles that for one extra issue with the same numbering that they canceled like twenty yeah. years prior, that was interesting. But on top of even just like like Catwoman, which I don't think I've still read, <laughs> just the fact that they have <laughs> even with Justice League, they have that one shot tie in that's part of the series. And it's just, yeah. here's a, a dead character you had issues with that you never got to resolve, and now you have to resolve them. Like, it's such <laughs> oh, a simple God. thing. Like, it, it just works. Yeah, yeah no, I it, agree. It, brought, and yeah. It, it was, you know, just like all of the tie-ins are supposed to be, how that superhero is affected by what's going on. But, yeah. like, all of, uh, not all of them, I won't say all of them, but a damn good majority of them actually did that instead of having it just like briefly mentioned in the background while some silly super side story came on. Yeah. yeah. It was done real But well. they're also, I mean, for the most part, they're pretty standalone. Like, obviously, you need to know the background of Blackest Night, but even like the, the tie in that I like the most, the one that I could probably just read outside of the event is the. Um, the Adam and the Hawkman one that I think Jeff Johns and Ryan Sook did. And that one's just really good. Like it, it just, oh, yeah. it's a great little, you know, um, reminder on, on Ray's history, but it's also just a great Ray story or a great Adam story. So it just kind of works and effectively in, in both ways. It's very much tied into the main book as well in a way. Cause that, yeah. the setup for that whole issue is in like issues one and two, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, you won't get something like that again, I think, unless I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> only something. thing that I can think of that comes kind of close to that is because I mean they have events that spin out of like books now. Uh, it's pretty yeah. common, especially over at Marvel. Um, so I was thinking like a, I don't know, like the Absolute Carnage King and Black thing, where that was. I mean, it seemed to do pretty well and it had a, yeah. a decent number of tie-ins. Certainly not as many as. Um, as, as black as night nor at the same quality but um yeah i don't know i, I feel like black as night was kind of unique in that way it's it's going to be hard yeah. to top at least in the dc side of things it's going to be hard to top period yeah yeah, yeah. dc's better than marvel <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway you say that you say that but i, I actually i forgot you just reminded me i wanted to bring up and I keep mentioning it, Fantastic Four. What about it? Like the current run, like Ryan North. <clears throat> I, Brandon, I don't know if you're reading it, and if you're. If I have not been actually. I was gonna okay. kind of wait for them to stock up for a little bit and then just binge it. Fair enough. Like they're up to issue five now. It's actually really okay. freaking good. Ryan North has Sweet. a great voice for the entire cast. I'm excited. It's, it's hey, I saw some of the art. It looks fun. really good. Oh yeah, the art's really good. Every cover is by Alex Ross, which is excellent. Oof. Oh, and it, it has a classic feel to it as well. Like it's it's almost it's classic Fantastic Four. Like this most recent story, they're they're I won't give anything away. They're doing kind of one long story, but they're doing stops along the way. And this week's issue just felt so classic and original. I, it was it just a treat. I felt nostalgic <laughs> just reading it. Yeah. Is it awesome. really good? Yeah. And Josh, I recommend it to you too. Right. If you like the FF, well, I, like, I love I me some FF. A long time so, ago, I yeah. haven't I haven't read anything by them in a long time. 
So, you know, when they did the gimmick shit, like just FF, or uh, when Spider-Man joined and they were doing the yeah. all-white oh, suit shit. That was yeah, that stuff was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, Future Foundation was was a fun time. Oof. Yeah, arguably one of the best Fantastic Four. The the whole Hickman stuff, best oh, Fantastic yeah. Four material in the Fix last everything. twenty years. God. Yeah. I still get goosebumps when I think about Reed just oh, man, to yeah. everything. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. so good. <laughs> That's why I was like, I got my, because I have, I have like most of the run in the trade, but I, when I first started it, I, I like just kind of randomly picked up issue 570, which is the start of his run. And I, I held on to it because I was like, oh, one day I just love to get this signed. And I did. And yeah. it was so cool. Um, and, uh, and yeah. Oh, you lucky so dude. That, that is real, real That's special awesome. to me. And also with the famous Death of Johnny Storm issue. Oh, yeah. That's a phenomenal yeah. one. That, that you're talking about the story. silent issue, right? I think I think it was... No, I think there was... No, I'm not talking... Maybe it's not that one, because I could have sworn there was some okay. dialogue in that. Well, I think... Because there is a silent issue that happens after Johnny dies. Um, and yeah. And that's so a really that's, great one, too. Yeah. But I'm thinking even though the one where they're, do, they're doing the, the, the countdown from four to one. and then Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, and yeah. yeah. That's part of it. Yeah, that's and a great the end, Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's just wild. Yeah, but that that silent issue in particular, that's I mean, I would say it's on par with the Batman and Robin issue from Tomasi and Gleason. Just a really great one yeah. where it's the four trying to process the death. Well, not even the four, but the three of them trying to process the death of Johnny, and then you have this yeah. great backup story with uh, Pete and and Franklin Richards, and it's oh. It's so good. Oh God, so, I forgot about that yeah. story. Yeah. Oh, oh it's so good, and it's called huh. Uncles, and it's like, it's <laughs> yeah. so touching. Like I still come back to that one, and it kind of it hits yeah. me in a in a, a special a place. Mm-hmm. Shit, man. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a fantastic story. God, I want to go. I'm glad you guys issue, mentioned you know? it. I just want to read it. Yeah. Oh man, it's so good. So yeah. good. Yeah, that whole run. Right. Excellent, but. Uh, but yes, uh, the the other thing I was going to say that I thought of is uh, speaking uh, during that run, we also get introduced to the Council of Reeds, which begs yes. the question: How many freaking councils are there? There's the Council of Reeds, there's the Council of Kangs, there's the Captain Britain Corps, there's the Spider Verse. How many mm-hmm. groups of multiversal characters are there? <laughs> that meet Wait, up you on said the Captain. For you said the Captain off. Britain Corps, right? Yeah. Yeah. Including yeah, Spider UK, who has dual membership in the Captain Britain Corps and the Spider. I mean, <laughs> theoretically, every hero could have their own council. I mean, it's I don't know. I feel like I, realistically, it's like if you're if you're a hero of some renown, there's a possibility that there is a multiverse of heroes that are also versions of you that also have a council. I mean, uh, yeah. Superman had the Superman Squad, Green Lantern. They had the um, the multiverse watch or whatever it's called yeah yeah, the multiverse lantern overwatch or something like that um so i don't know i feel like it's if you like i said if you're a hero of some renown you're probably gonna have some kind of multiversal versions of you that eventually want to form a team or council Mm -hmm. or secret society or or something yeah that's fair personally i'm i'm waiting for the the um, the Society of Things, the Society of Ben Grimm's, 
where it's just oh, all the different multiversal versions of Ben Grimm, and it's led by the Ben Grimm that's Blackbeard, and he's just like super <laughs> hard assed and is like a great leader, and that's what I want. <laughs> give me, sick. give me that five issue series. Imagine the the battle cry coming out of the portal when all the the Council of Grimms just is clobbering time. Oh my God! <laughs> yes. Like you don't know how badly I want that. Now. <laughs> oh, man. Doctor Doom quivering in his boots. Like... God. God, no. What? There's like a whole team of them. I can't deal with this. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> but that would also include Ultimate Ben Grimm, who is more like Wonder Man now. True. Yeah. I don't know how you felt about that. I thought it was interesting. Not great, yeah. but interesting. <laughs> it's it's funny. I, there's like there are there are decent parts of the ultimate FF run. I mean, I haven't finished it in entirety. I kind of jumped around from from arc to arc, but there are some parts that yeah. are not terrible. I think um the the stuff from Mark Millar is definitely pretty skippable, but uh, Mike Carey did like yeah. a decent little run on the the Ultimate FF book, and it's actually pretty good. Like it's it's better than it has any right to stuff. be. Yeah, it's it's definitely better yeah. than it has any right to be. I mean that that whole story when they they introduced the Marvel Zombies yeah. concept that that was really good. That that was great. fun. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah. Because it's well, it, it it tricks you if I remember correctly. Because it's like you think. Ultimate Reed is going to meet, like, regular 616 Reed, and then we find out, yeah, he's a zombie, and he's horrible. Yeah. As zombies tend to be. Yes, as zombies tend to be. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to stereotype or anything. I'm sure there are some nice zombies out there, but in my experience... You know what? Actually, Warm Bodies is one of my top five (laughs) rom-coms. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, let's really let's let's yeah. not let's not stereotype yeah. zombies if we can. Yeah, I mean, good if you point, think even in point. Marvel Zombies, Peter Parker, he felt really guilty every time he ate. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man, I want to do this. Yeah. And like he he finished eating somebody and go, oh my god, what oh did they do to me? You know, when you say yeah. it like that, I almost feel bad for him. <laughs> almost. Almost. Not quite. <laughs> yeah. So that's enough Marvel talk. Brandon, you got news? <laughs> uh, well, it's it's funny that you say that's enough Marvel talk because my news is a Marvel book. Um, it's a it's a brief announcement, but it just dropped yesterday, and it's it's sort of related to some of the stuff we've been talking about. Um, but that is that they will be relaunching the Hulk title this coming june and before you start groaning and moaning i think this is a a relaunch that is actually uh, quite worthy of excitement because this one will be written by none other than mr philip kennedy johnson who we're definitely pretty uh excited about over here on the show uh, with art from nick klein who's fucking incredible um like just this guy's art is off the chain um, and I don't know how exactly they ended up teaming together, but who cares? Because they're trying to, you know, bring the horror back to the Hulk title, which is, I think is exactly what it needs given the recent run did not do that. Um, but we don't have to get into that, but it's drawing most of its inspiration from the Al Ewing run, which I think has been the most successful Hulk run to date. 
um, and is, is really trying to yeah. kind of follow in that same vein, which I'm super excited about. So I, I immediately sent that over to the, the Discord, and uh, we started speculating and chatting about that uh, since it was pretty exciting. But yeah, I can't, I can't wait. June can't See, come I'm fast not, enough. Yeah, I'm not all that happy about it. The idea of Philip Kennedy Johnson writing a Hulk book is pretty slick, man. I'm not going to lie. I think he'd do a great job. But if he's over there writing a book at Marvel, it means he's not writing a book here at DC. And if he could write two at the same time, <laughs> there's no reason for him not to. Well, I you still have to look forward there. to his John Stewart. Book. Yes, we have John yeah, Stewart, and nice. and I I have it over. I have it on good authority because he said at the Superman panel at New York Comic Con, and I talked to him at his booth that he's not leaving Superman anytime soon. So he will be there for the foreseeable future and will not be leaving. But I was very adamant about that. I was like, after Worlds, you're not leaving this book, right? And he's like, yeah, no, I've got plans. I was like, you better fucking stay. I mean, I didn't say that, but I was thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you should have. You should have. I, like I should have, but, but I didn't. A Doctor Fate. Book. A Doctor Fate? Oh man. Yeah. yeah, I would like to see him write a six-issue Doctor Fate mini. That'd be cool. Mm. Or Spectre. Or Spectre. Be that would Spectre be cool. Title. Yeah. Yeah. Something big. Especially now that Corrigan's back. Yeah, possibly. I'm just hoping we get a little crossover between the Green Lantern John Stewart book and Action Comics, even if it's just like cameos occasionally. I just, I want to see that. Yeah. Oh wait a minute. Oh wait a minute. Isn't this what Jeff Johns predicted? What? Hulk and Superman are connected now. Yeah, uh, you might Philip be on Kennedy to something. Johnson is the chosen yes. one. <laughs> you might be on to something. Holy shit. I'm sure there'll be a reference to uh, to Superman in Hulk, just as there'll be a reference to Hulk in Superman. We have Philip Kennedy Johnson writing Superman and Hulk. We have Chips Dursky writing Batman and Daredevil. What's next? <laughs> oh, I know. That's a tough one. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Well, wait, well, oh, I, I was going to say. Sake, and this is, as not a fan, I hope Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad don't start writing a, a storm book or something. Yeah, shit over it, I, I was going to say, I mean, I don't think they'll be <laughs> taking over Batman anytime soon, but um, Lansing and Kelly, the, the Hive Mind writers team, did just do the Clayface story, and they're doing Captain America right now. So clearly you can oh, juggle yeah. the best of both worlds if you want. Yeah. Get paid, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. We need someone to write Wonder Woman and Thor at the same time. <laughs> Man, that would be crazy. Actually, I do think the... I mean, I don't even know if Donny Cates is still writing Thor or if he's just off the book completely, but the writer that they've had on the book recently, Torin Gronbeck, um, I, I think actually would be a pretty decent writer for Wonder Woman. I'd be interested... I mean, I don't know if she'd want to do it, but... She's a pretty good voice for Thor um, and certain mythological characters and seems to have an affinity for mythological characters. So it might be interesting. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yes, bring him over and her. bring over Peach Momoto. Yeah. Bring her, her, sorry. Yeah, is, Peach, is Peach Momoko, the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Momoko, yes. Oh, my God. I just recently discovered her and... Holy shit, I want to see everything 
she's ever drawn. I, I meant to mention it in Discord when we were talking about Peach Momoko. Uh, she actually has done some DC covers, alt covers. I meant to send them, mm. but I completely forgot. <laughs> yeah. But I they're worth checking out. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see this, but Gorgeous. apparently Peach Momoko was at Mira Comic Con, and the line for her was so fucking big that people started getting into fights. So after a while, she just got up and left. Uh, uh, uh. Wow. <laughs> Fights over what? Is that bad? Like, I was in line first? Like, who knows? All right, hang around and we will be right back. Now, back to our program. Yes. Okay, back, cool. Ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Are we ready to get back at it? Yep. Yes, sir. Okay. I don't remember what we were talking about, but I'm going to segue uh, into, because I think we were just kind of rambling, weren't we? <laughs> I think, yeah, something we kind like of trailed off topic. Yeah, from something like that. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to segue into a special segment we have for the week. Seeing as it's a very small week, uh, we kind of padded the runtime as it is already, but I have a little quiz that I wanted to introduce to the boys today. A new type of quiz that I developed this week, and right. it's uh, I do not have I don't have witty titles for this, so this is just called character descriptions. Five characters. I describe a character. You tell me what character it is, and these predict these descriptions are fairly vague, and they're I think they are all <coughs> one to two sentences, but two sentences specifically. One is very vague. The second sentence or second half of the first sentence will give pretty much the answer away if you know your DC stuff. All right. All right. Uh, just shout it out if you know it. First person to New phone who this wins. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. You guys ready? Let's do it. Uh-huh. All right. Number one. A stage magician with actual mystical powers, which are notably controlled by invoking commands, speaking incantations Zotara. backwards. Brandon? Zatanna? I said Zatara. Zatara was... Well, Zatana? which Zatara? Is it Zat I'm going to say it's Zatanna Zatara. It is Zatara Zatara. Okay. Because the second yeah. sentence is they they use them to follow a legacy. Uh, and the legacy okay. is oh, yeah. Zatara, Zatara. Yeah. Damn it. Now you're that's starting that, to see where the clear. comes in. There are three Zataras. You gotta you gotta specify exactly. which one. Exactly. And number two. He is an evil super intelligent gorilla who gained mental powers after being exposed to a strange meteorite's radiation. Grod? Gorilla Grod. Gorilla Grod, yes. The okay. follow-up would be, and was created by John Broom and Carmine Infantino. Just nice. in case you started talking about anybody else from Gorilla City, mm. <laughs> or most recently, um, Ultra Humanite. Yeah, that would have been my second guess. Yeah. Number three, a feline character which was scorned by a violent act now uses their passion for brutality and rage as a weapon to find the perpetrators and give them justice. Cheetah? 
Any ideas, Rob? I'm going to say Cheetah. Are these all DC? Yes. (laughs) Second Uh, sentence. Features one of the most depressing origins ever created. Hmm. Now I'm starting to second guess myself. Maybe this was a, maybe this was a little too vague. It's not yeah. Cheetah. I'll give you that. It's not Cheetah. Well, yeah. it's not it's not Cheetah. It's not Catwoman. Well, um, feline doesn't necessarily is it Cheshire. Hmm. I guess not. Sorry. Is it Cheshire? No. Ah, is it Catman? <laughs> <laughs> no, he is pretty depressing, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll give you each one more guess. Okay. Um, feline character. Uh, I think you guys might be thinking a little too broad, if you will. Hmm. Try try a little more on the nose. Okay. Run it by me one more time. A feline character which was scorned by a violent act now uses their passion for brutality and rage as a weapon to find the perpetrators and give them justice. Features oh. one of the most depressing origins oh, ever created. I know. I, you said that. Now I know exactly who it is. It's Dexter. <laughs> Star, there you go. I the knew it. I knew it. Chosen uh, are specific. I knew it. Yes. Because when you said you're thinking too on the nose, I was like, the only yeah. other thing it could be is an actual cat, and then it all clicked in my An actual head. cat. I should have yeah. known. <laughs> there it is. And easily, if you've never it read never that Tales of the, the Lantern yeah. Corps oh origin Ugh. for Dexter, it is so <laughs> sad. Ugh. Oh, man. Yeah, it hits you right in the feels every time. Yeah, that's the thing about those Red Lanterns. Like, yeah. as violent as they can be, you read their origins and you're like, yeah, I can't, I can't even fault you for it. I would, I would be that yeah. violent too. Blizzard's uh, origin makes me angry. No. <laughs> like, I want to kill every Yellow Lantern after yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Imagine having your wings ripped off right. like that. My God. Yeah. Okay, number four. This might be one of my favorites. A character tied oh. to religion, they use their holy power to mete out justice in a swift and bright fashion with their flaming sword in hand. Azrael. Azrael. No. <laughs> Excuse me? Oh, um. Second sentence. Then Asmodeo. No. Oh, also, is it Asmodeo? They can fly. Asmodeo. Oh. Zoriel. Yeah, that's that guy from JLA. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't remember. And honestly, I was so happy when I found out uh, that he does have a flaming sword. (laughs) I had to look it up. Yes, he does. Oh, this is going to be so good. (laughs) All right. And number five. I think you guys are fairly tied up. I just went back and reread something with him in it. I'll be damned if I can remember what it was. That's the only reason why I could. I couldn't. I was sitting there thinking. 
Zoriel the whole time, and Asmodel kept on coming out like, wait, no, that's yeah. not right. Well, that's probably because, <laughs> yeah, we, we read those characters back in uh, Day of Judgment. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. And I think Zoriel was featured recently in something, wasn't he? Was he really? Like in the past five years or so? Maybe. That's one of those characters that I, I feel like wrong. just might have been completely forgotten. Just kind of pops but, up. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I wish I'd come back, but who knows. <laughs> All right, number five, last question. <coughs> Excuse me. A would-be hero that trained with Batman to gain the skills necessary to fight crime wherever it pops up. Ghostmaker. Okay, as Ghostmaker. <laughs> oh, I mean, that wait, was really? A easier than I thought it would be. Oh, wow. Yeah. That wasn't I even. Thought, I thought that was going to be even on my mind. very vague because <laughs> there were so many people that trained with Batman. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah. yeah. The next sentence was going to be they occasionally have a penchant for killing. Ah. Uh, nope. It was Ghostmaker. Yeah. I, and I, was I mean, I could kind of fit like, Jason Todd too. Jason Todd. But yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I was expecting that to be. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's the quiz. Nice. You guys. I hope you guys had fun with it. I did have fun. Yes. Who won? Yeah. I won. Uh, Rob won. Are we tied? I don't know. Definitely. Okay, so Josh, Josh. There was definitely Aaron. one that we did not get. Both of you. Uh, yeah, you guys did tie. Yeah. Yep. Two and two. There we yeah, go. Yeah, because Brandon yeah. got Zatanna and Dexter. Josh got Zoriel and Ghostmaker, and you both got Grodd. True. Yeah. Just for the record, Ultra Humanite isn't a psychic ape. He's a super smart dude that put his brain in an ape. I did. I didn't say psychic though. Mm-hmm. I did say mental powers, but like that's yeah. that's yeah. that could be taken a different way. Yeah. Fair yeah. Enough. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll definitely uh, come up with some more of those. Nice. Actually, I had a blast going through the the superhero uh, the DC character wiki. And just looking at characters, some I'd never even heard of, some I forgot about. And that's also how I came across that uh, <clears throat> that image of Guardian that looks almost exactly like that Captain one. America. Captain America from yeah. Avengers, yeah. <laughs> oh of course, both drawn by Jack Kirby. But yes. fun fact, while Captain America came out earlier, like months, less than a year before the Guardian... That image of Guardian is like 20 years earlier than that image of Captain America. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Now, if you if you want to see yeah, a true Captain America, yeah, if you want to see a true Captain America ripoff, look up Fighting American, which is actually a Jack Kirby creation, but it's literally just Captain America. There's a funny story attached to that. That sounds familiar. Is that Fighting also American. Also, character. No, it was like a like atlas or something like that um or charlton i don't remember exactly um but it was literally just um yeah it was it was literally just like oh we don't have captain america anymore because the copyright belongs to timely comics we're just gonna make our own and they did so joe simon and jack kirby made (laughs) basically the same thing except slightly different and they called it fighting american it's very funny his costume looks almost exactly like Commander Steel. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, man. That's wild. <laughs> oh, That's yeah, a DC oh, comic book. Mm. 
That blows my fucking mind. That that's a DC comic book. Oh wow. Oh, so DC had the rights for a while, I guess. Maybe, yeah. For some reason, I thought it was someone else. Um, but yeah, I don't remember. Yes, I'm looking on the wiki right now. It was published by the Crestwood Publications Imprints Prize Comics. Yeah. Well, but then, it was creator a owned. Simple matter of a purchase. Yeah, I want to say there. Atlas had it first, yeah. but I, I I don't remember. Okay. Um, and uh, then there got was Comics. There was an inventory tale in Marvel Comics, DC Comics, and Awesome Entertainment. Yeah, the five publishers listed are Prize Group, Harvey Comics, Marvel mm. Comics, DC Comics, and Awesome Entertainment. I'm just trip. Oh my God! Oh Jesus! Awesome Entertainment. It's a Rob Liefeld yeah. thing. I almost want to see what that looks yeah. like. It's probably terrible. <laughs> the there's first tab a, yeah, on the there's awesome a fighting American on yeah. That's 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 something else. It actually looks better than the Captain America that Liefeld would draw, the one that looks like it has an E cup. <laughs> But only on oh, one man. side. Where is the yeah, only on one side. From, yeah. <laughs> e cup on one side, <laughs> A minus on the other. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Captain America, aka Biggie Smalls. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they are both from New York. Big country. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, that's enough fun. Let's get into some books. That's fun, yes. yeah. Yeah. Yes, the books yeah. are not fun. Oh. The books are too fun. <laughs> yeah. All right, Josh, I even bet that uh, Batman and the Joker Deadly Duo, I bet you that's fun. I've enjoyed it so far, but I haven't read it this week. I did check out Monkey Prince number 12. Um, the end of the series wraps up everything from Lazarus Planet as well as the plot points from earlier on in the series too um like with his parents you really should go and check it out brandon yeah. i know you have there, there been is some the stuff Monkey left Prince, but i thought it was only a 12 issue run no i mean like there's some plot left like they left some stuff open well yeah like, like not, with ultra humanite and and uh the monkey king is still out there somewhere and that that person that took some of that essence fair enough okay so they yeah. didn't wrap everything up there's still no. more story to be told but yeah. as far as all but the story, not in plot this points book. and all of that yeah um it was really good and you should go check it out uh static Definitely. shadows of dakota that first page is nuts <laughs> um the rest of the book's pretty damn good too uh season two looks to be building something even better than season one i mean it's a little early to say for sure but i'm digging it and then uh, for those who are looking for the trades the uh flash one minute war start the clock collects the first three issues of the one minute war all nice and tidy for you we're probably gonna get three issues each for these and then if you wait a little while it'll all be in one book and then you wait a little while longer and it'll be in a special collector edition book i think that's the way it goes anyways but that's all the honorable mentions that i've got 
and we don't have any quick bites either. Hey, hey, Rob, you're on mute, homie. Everybody forgot about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. We have no quick bites this week because we only have four freaking books. Uh, it's, it's definitely a small week, but lots, lots of good books. I gotta say, lots, lots of interesting good stuff. Good in honorables there. Also quick. Yeah. And we're we're gonna see just how quick closer to the end of the issue or closer to the end of the, the show uh but first we're going to shine our spotlight over on to our number one of the week adventures of superman john kent number one and brandon's going to fill us in on that my issue. pleasure yes this is uh, adventures of john kent number one the countdown to injustice or road to injustice i don't know the cover and the interiors are very confused they haven't been speaking to each other uh, but this issue is written by Tom Taylor with art from Clayton Henry, colors from Jordi Belair, and letters from Wes Abbott. The multiverse is in danger yet again. Surprise, surprise. And this time it's the Superman across the multiverse who are in the most danger as for some inexplicable reason, Ultraman is going on a murderous rampage through the multiverse, killing as many Supermen as he can. Over in Earth Zero, where it seems that the Treble has not quite found them yet, John Kent is enjoying some nice downtime with Jay before he is called into action by a sudden storm of satellites that are falling from the Earth. He does the best that he can to stop as many of them as he can as he can, but realizes quickly that he just won't be able to get across the world in enough time. But fortunately, it seems like someone else is doing his job for him. She's got. Yes, uh, and uh, as he eventually <laughs> approaches Germany and makes his way towards the last satellite that's falling, he is quickly intercepted by none other than Mr. Val Zod. Yes, our old friend Superman from Earth 2, the New 52 Earth 2 to be exact for anyone who read that series. And Valzad, in particular, is there not just to enjoy the sights of Earth Zero, but because they have a mission, one of the most incredible importance. John, of course, is naturally a little skeptical, which is why Val called in an old friend, someone who he knew could corroborate his story, and that is none other than Mr. Terrific. They arrive all in Smallville, where Val breaks down the scene, along with the Earth 2 version of Red Tornado, and forms the Kent family, which is really just Lois and John, given that Clark and the others are off planet right now, and inform them that someone is going across the multiverse and killing Superman, and that John is seemingly the only person that can handle them because they have some kind of special device that allows them to hunt down Clark Kent across the universe. And when Lois, who is naturally suspicious of this whole affair, questions this red tornado in particular, this red tornado reveals that she has first-hand experience of what it's like to lose a Clark Kent and does not want to see this universe's version lose her Clark too. Because yes, this red tornado is none other than Lois Lane. And she has a mission for John to step into the multiverse and face his worst possible enemy, which, of course, Rob jokingly mentioned is Bendis and our good friend Dan DiDio. But yeah, no, this was uh, um, this is a pretty solid issue. Um, I can't say it's a phenomenal first issue. It definitely is. It gets stuff going pretty fast, but I still feel like I, I need a little bit more um, before I'm really invested in the series. But I love the concept. I, I love... 
John just kind of having a new elevated role and is, you know, tackling a threat that is seemingly taking the multiverse down or p- could potentially take the multiverse down. We'll see. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's a, a solid concept, not a great first issue, but a solid enough concept that I'm interested to see where it goes, but I'm not completely invested yet. So this one got an eight out of 10 for me. Also the art in here is just really great. I, I feel like Clayton Henry continues to impress with each new book that he does, um, which is certainly saying something as I was not a big fan of his art for quite a while. But yeah, 8 out of 10 for me. Me either, man. I was not a Clayton Henry fan for a long time, and it was like you could almost bet money on it before you opened that book up that those people were going to have some long-ass foreheads. Yes. Um, (laughs) But uh, watching him over the past couple of years uh, do more and more books man you can see the growth in his artistry and it's definitely it's been it's been a hell of a ride because uh, I like the stuff that he's doing now I love this issue um, the red tornado being Lois Lane thing is a little a uh, little interesting there and um, you know fingers crossed John gets to get a little payback for the volcano time he had you know? hopefully yeah but I, I do have a question Not about opener on something oh, no, go I ahead. had my doubts about. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I'll, uh, I'll let you finish, but I do have a question about what this series might potentially be leading towards. Um, and uh, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts. Convergence. <laughs> all right, so... Oh, God. Those, no! Know, no! Is... <laughs> no! The series in the... that births John Kent's comes no. to an end. Oh, God. Kent's. Don't even say that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, Galzar. No, I'm just kidding. Ugh, no, um, please. Oh, God. Oh, my. Wait. <laughs> Does that mean no, that I the think... god, the king himself, Talos, will return and be the true villain of all of this? Oh, God. I hope not. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sure that was it'll such be, a big meme on be... the DC Comics subreddit about Talos. Did, did you guys ever read the six issue Talos? solo mini no but i really want to <laughs> and actually is it, is it okay it wasn't it wasn't great but it really? it does feature telos very heavily and it does provide an epilogue to his story okay yeah i don't know i i i remember seeing that and i was like does why would any anyone ever why yeah i was kind of I, honestly <laughs> I, I read it out of necessity because i kind of enjoyed conversions <laughs> even though i didn't like telos <laughs> What are you talking about? He's the greatest character that ever was. <laughs> I mean, other than Extant. Yeah. 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 Ed Rogelzar. And Rogelzar. And U52 Rogelzar. Oh, God. No, yeah. um, so to answer your question, <laughs> I think uh, I think what we're looking at here is that we've got a lot of different super people, right? And we need to differentiate them. Uh, Natasha from John Henry has already been done fairly well, but they're just like they're doing with Supergirl and Power Girl. I think that they're evolving one of the characters in order to in order to make them more than just a carbon copy of the other one. And I think that that's what we're looking at with uh, Clark and John too. Clark's powers are elevated from what they are, but they're going to give John these. Obviously, he's getting the blue lightning Superman powers and probably a little bit more development along the way while 
he deals with a Clark killer. In uh, oh, I, I actually meant more just I like hope whether meets his demise. Yeah, whether this series might lead to potentially another book or event or something because the the book is called Road to Injustice and it, it reminds me of other books that you know are usually called Road to something, Road to Aquaman yeah. or whatever, um, which usually is well, another book, another kind of storyline. I'm wondering, yeah, I'm wondering if this isn't going to lead to an event that would potentially be called Injustice or a book called Injustice or something like that. Look at the font. Look at the font on the cover of that book. Yeah, no, I know it's it it's the, the Injustice video game. Injustice. Yeah, but and the that Injustice title, comic. That title feels yeah. kind of like it's it may potentially lead somewhere else to another book, but could just be speculation. Yeah, I think I it's definitely after, leading to some sort of yeah. injustice event. Yeah, exactly. Could be, yeah. Where where the injustice universe converges on Earth. Oh God! Prime. Stop! No, <laughs> I don't want <laughs> it again. The convergence, but no, never again. Convergence please. to electric boogaloo. Oh God! <laughs> oh man. Yeah, the funny thing is, like, that was supposed to undo Crisis on Infinite Earths or something like that. And then literally, like, two years or three years later, they're like, oh, yeah, the multiverse just doesn't exist. Or the infinite multiverse just doesn't exist. It's like, what the – but Convergence? It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, five people read it. And yeah. half of them are here. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. DC knows that nobody cared about Convergence, so they but just, like, even they just ignored it. Yeah, real talk, the only reason people read Convergence was because of the tie-ins. Because the tie-ins were fun flashbacks to moments of yeah. pre-Flashpoint history, and everyone was like, oh, wow, finally, you know, we get a book with Wally West's Flash again. We get... Uh, you know, a yeah. Titans book. Like, how long has it been? Um, but no one cared about the main event because it was terrible. Hey, I cared being an avid Earth 2 reader. <laughs> and and honestly, like, Convergence was heavily tied yeah. into... Yeah. It, it was heavily tied into the Earth 2 story. Yeah. And, and I well, was they had, like, heavily um, invested into the Earth 2 book. So, like, I yeah. enjoyed it for that. I enjoyed it as, like, Earth 2 Season 2. Yeah, that's fair. But not not for conversions. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, though it is notable for like a few interesting things, like you mentioned with the tie-ins, and then uh, a plot point that has been left open and never touched on again. Parallax is out in the multiverse somewhere, still alive, but yeah. also bringing pre-Flashpoint Clark and Lois to the main universe and giving us John Kent. It's true. Yeah. Like that was, all uh, wouldn't have happened if conversions didn't happen. So it was a pretty solid time. It is, yeah, it's notable for for at least a couple of things. Even if the main <laughs> story was kind of dumb, <laughs> kind of pointless. But Talos, yeah, yes. But Talos. there we go. That's the crisis. Crisis. That's the crisis. Talos. Crisis. That's what I'm Talos saying. The... Talos is is the greatest <laughs> character in this universe. <laughs> It'll be a, it'll be a triad of terror with oh my god with Talos, um, extant Talos and extant and Condiment yeah. King. So now I I mean I don't want to read it, but now I do kind of want to read the six issue series just yeah. to see. 
Yeah. I, I, I was going to say the next crisis would be Extant again as the main villain. Then in the last oh, issue, God. it was retconned to actually just be Telos. Yes, it was Telos <laughs> yes. all along. All along. Yeah. And he would have got away with it too if it wasn't for those meddling Earth Tuians. Exactly. But for the first half of the book, for the first half of the book, it's it's like uh, Tropic Thunder where uh, Talos is pretending to be Extant, but Extant oh, is going by the name of Zorn. <laughs> like from X-Men. <laughs> from X-Men? <laughs> yes. Thus begins the secret crisis. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Oh man, that God, you know when man, that reveal happened, it made down. me mad. <laughs> just just a side note. Oh God, yeah. yeah. As far as Adventures of Superman goes, I gave that an eight point five. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. No, no. <laughs> or I'm sick. So. Uh, as I've already mentioned, Earth 2, Earth 2 readers will really enjoy this. Um, if you were not an Earth 2 reader, the last page will very much surprise you, and it's a well-earned surprise, I think. Uh, and if you didn't read Earth 2, go read Earth 2. It was actually a very fun read. Uh, very cool setup for this issue. Uh, really feels like a classic Tom Taylor tale. Uh, I'm excited to see where he goes with this, especially knowing... Uh, where some of the story is going to go as they, they've kind of buried the lead with the cover here with Road to Injustice. Uh, at least we know when that's happening. So I'm curious to see where the hell else this could go because there's there's already quite a lot to come in three issues. So where where does four, yep. five, and six take us? <laughs> I'm very excited for that. Uh, so for this, 8.75 out of 10. Very solid home run. All right, with that, Sweet. we've been going for about an hour and a half. Uh, I'm, I'm go actually going skip to... It. I've already got it marked down. We already took the commercial. <laughs> oh, did we? Yep. Oh. Well, you heard it here. We we did take a commercial. Yes, <laughs> we did. Um, before we I get into that, though... A <laughs> uh, couple of points of news that actually came across my feed while we were talking Ooh. about Adventures of Superman. Two things. Warner Brothers and Rocksteady have delayed Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League another time from May to so it's another Thursday. Cool. later this year. Uh, they have not given a solid month, let alone date, but supposedly later this year. Um, I think that is probably in response to the backlash after the leak of, of all the features of the game. So that's... Yeah, that's that's gonna come eventually. Hopefully, maybe they rethink some things with some some ideas with the strategy of the game because it does not sound interesting to me at all now. And Batman: The Cape Crusader, that faded TV show brought to us by J.J. Abrams, Bruce Tim, and Matt Reeves, it has been picked up by Amazon with two oh. seasons on order. So that is something to look forward to. I, that, that was such a stupid idea for HBO Max mm. to let him go. Yeah. Like, this this is going to be, at least I hope, 
on paper, it's a solid fucking cartoon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Between the, the character designs and the the producers you have in the background, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy I have Amazon Prime for this. <laughs> so, yeah, we oh have that God. to look forward to. It is not canceled. So, that's coming. Uh, yeah, so that's... Right that was uh, just a couple of last-minute additions. And now we're going to bust into our full dive reviews for the week, starting off with Poison Ivy, brought to us by Josh. Yep, that's me. And, um... Damn this thing. There we go. I forgot to write down the credits. So we were written by G. Willow Wilson with art from Marcio Takara, colors Arif Prianto, letters Hassan Atmani Alhau, and Jessica Fong on the cover. And the cover was, as always, so awesome. Like, I want Jessica Fong yeah. to draw me something. But, uh,. So, issue starts out like this. Janet is doing everything she can to convince Pam to stick around and go to a wellness retreat, but Pam is having none of it. She is going back to Gotham to be with the woman that she loves. The, uh, that That is until Janet probably not accidentally lets it slip that Gwendolyn Caltrope, the, one, w- the woman that owns the retreat, speaks about conscious capitalism. Not something Poison Ivy is cool with. So that gets Pam to want to go pay a visit, and off they go. Except it wasn't a slip, it was a ruse to get her to go. So it's all self-care, self-stuff crap, and it annoys Ivy. Me too, Ivy. It uh, it annoys the shit out of me too. <laughs> but um, so some weird green juice gets passed around. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. And everybody starts <laughs> tripping and loving and stripping and making out. Um, Janet confesses that she's got a thing for Pam and kisses her. And Pam gives in while rationalizing her actions to us. After the trip is over and all the visitors are like, what the fuck? Then everyone starts getting Lamia growing on them. Uh, the... Uh, Lamia has apparently decided that living inside of Ivy isn't good enough anymore and they it starts to spread around which is what she thinks is the reason she was so affected by the earlier hallucinogenic now the Lamia is out in the wild um, I have been in love with this story since day one uh, that's no secret but it's largely because it's it's every issue man the story moves a little further it keeps me interested. There's always another fucking page to turn. Um, settings are all done right. Pacing always feels spot on. The art is, of course, fantastic. I, I, I don't. You would have to have very specific kinds of tastes if you uh, to, to not like this. But um, yeah, it, 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 what a hell of a way to end it. And um, I give it a nine out of ten. That's awesome, yeah. It's a very, very interesting setup for the Once Upon a Time final arc. Uh, It's crazy to think that we we have more to come. Uh, And you can kind of see how G. Willow Wilson may have plotted this to be the end of the story. And now all of a sudden there's a lot more tale to tell. So I'm (laughs) excited about that. Uh, I'm I'm curious if maybe, because I know we talked about this early on 
in the run uh will the lamia spores actually succeed is is this going to be somewhat the end it, did g willow wilson plan for this to be a, a ending tale for poison ivy or now that we know there's going to be more going forward how's this going to fare out so i this could go in any direction in my opinion i'm excited to see where it goes uh as for this issue it is a setup issue to me so not as interesting as everything else is going to be especially being 10 of 12 technically uh so for now 8.25 out of 10 uh, but i'm very much looking forward to issues 11 and 12. definitely yeah i'm right there with you um just a, a Another solid installment in a series that's really just been firing on all cylinders since the beginning. It's, you know, had some moments where it dipped a little bit, but for me, it's it's been right back uh, on top with these past couple issues in particular. Um, was not expecting to see Gwyneth Paltrow in my Poison Ivy book, but all right, sure, why not? Um, okay. Um, but yeah, aside from that, it's uh, it's fun. And, you know, I mean, I expected this sort of, melodrama love triangle angle with uh with pam and poison ivy and eventually harley so that's no surprise but um i can excuse it it's not it's not terribly cliched it's believable at least and i think that for me is what makes it not quite as annoying so yeah this was a uh, just another solid installment and i'm uh, looking forward to seeing how potentially all this is going to wrap up with you know 11 and 12 but uh continuing on into issue 13 and uh, and moving forward and i know i've lost rob because he's playing with kyle rayner right now um but uh, i gave this one an 8.5 out of 10 (laughs) (laughs) it's just i looked over and i saw it i was like dude i don't even blame you um but no i gave this an 8 point (laughs) i gave this a playing with grifter right now (laughs) (laughs) look i'm not gonna lie to you i am (laughs) um but no i gave this an 8.5 out of 10 oh man I have cool poses for Green Lantern Kyle and 90s Kyle. I needed a cool pose yeah. for Blue Lantern Kyle. I mean, it, it had to happen. <laughs> it's, it, it's important. It is. It's important. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I got to show you the pose for 90s Kyle. I'm very proud oh, of it. Anyway, so that was a <laughs> bunch of Batman characters. And now we're going to get into a bunch of Batman characters. Kind of. <clears throat> the jury's still out on that one. This is Batman number 133, brought to us by writer Chip Zdarsky, with pencils from Mike Mo- Mike Hawthorne, not Mike Mawthorne, uh, inks <laughs> from Adriano De Benedetto, colors from Toma Mori, letters from Clayton Cowles, and an always fantastic cover from Jorge Jimenez. We open on a very roided-out Riddler with uh, a very... I can't quite remember where I saw this version of Riddler that had the question mark painted on his face. I think that was like an Elseworld story somewhere, or like a video game. But yeah. very much like that. But this time he's all red instead of green. Uh, just looks weird. <laughs> but also <laughs> makes me wonder why the hell he picked a green in the first place. That's... It's kind of weird. Very odd. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the primary it bad guy eyes. Ah, that's it. Yes. The, those pale, soulless, pupilless eyes <laughs> are complemented <laughs> by the color red. Of course. He's still wearing right, the purple. So, that is true. He's still wearing He's, purple gloves and a purple tie. It's one of the... Yeah, and it's that one famous of the, bowler hat. One, yeah, of one of the two primary villain colors, green and purple. That's true. Joker, Lex Luthor... 
apparently. Boy Thunder, like I called from the very beginning. Boy Thunder, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that honestly, you you called it. That is that was the dead giveaway. Was the color scheme for his suit? Oh yeah, oh, man. Damn now that right. I think about it, yeah. I think there's <laughs> even some Marvel villains that have green and purple, but I can't think of Mysterio. Mysterio, and, um, that's right. Doctor Doom, but what's no his name? Wait, no, not Swordsman. It's someone with a sword. What am I thinking of? Hulk. Are you thinking of Swordsman? Uh, no, wait. It's um, or maybe who am I? Who am I thinking of? Maybe it's Diablo. I don't know. No, no, he's like purple maybe. and green. That's a DC I have no character. idea. Doc Ock's classic suit. I know he had a green, like, body yep. suit, but did he have like a purple green belt body or suit? And his no, his 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 hand, his gloves, and his boots Ugh. were purple. His well, the classic design. Diablo design was purple and green oh, okay. from Fantastic Four. I think that's what I was thinking. Right. Oh, I thought he was talking about Doc Ock. Maybe no. Yeah, but I, like Doc Ock as well. Uh, the speaking of Fantastic Four villains, uh, the Wizard, maybe Wizard, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Enchantress. So yeah, no, that's Catwoman. Enchant, yeah. Catwoman. Catwoman had a red and oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she, yeah. It was all purple, purple outfit. She had the, yeah, the purple yeah, and black. For a while. Yeah, I always forget about that. And she That's had the green suit. dress outfit. Yeah. Yep. A heck of a color scheme. You just can't get away from a cat motif. Excuse me. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> speaking of uh, color schemes, Riddler, but red. Red Riddler, if you will. Red Riddler. Uh, he does look red really angry. Red, 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 <laughs> red, the red Riddler. Riddler. <laughs> uh, which I will, again, take this as my theory that this is actually hell is in theory still. Uh, he is interrogating a kid who is well, kind of interrogating. He's giving him riddles. And if he doesn't get them right, something bad might happen. Uh, which we don't exactly know still what that could be, but they're going to fix him in Arkham, whatever that entails. We still don't entirely know, apart from the fact that Judge Dent decides to kill people in the basements. But they are interrupted. uh, The Riddler, the Redler, and the GCPD are interrupted by none other than the Bat-Man. But (coughs) they are not prepared for Batman. Uh, as he is very much prepared for these people, as he knows them very well, seeing as he has been doing this for at least 15 years. He knows the Riddler very well, and he knows the crimson, uh, uh, superstitious cowardly love. I was going to say crimson. I got to get red out of my head. <laughs> the uh, superstitious cowardly lot it's that they are. It very much is, because even in the next page, we see Red Mask (laughs) talking to Selina Kyle uh, as she reveals that it is actually a Batman and uh, or it is actually Bruce Wayne uh, now uh, plaguing the crime of the world uh, uh, dressed up as a bat for some stupid reason. Uh, And as she reveals that he has taken out the Riddler. Uh, And as Selena begins to question Red Mask's motives, uh, he super speeds around her and punches her in the face twice. As uh, <laughs> maybe I missed this word bubble the first time I read it, but now I'm reading it again. All week I'm just going, "You, uh, uh, what, what, what's Road Dog's intro, Josh? 
Oh, you didn't know? Oh, you didn't know? No. <laughs> Your ass better did, call somebody. No. Yeah, that's. I just read that where he goes, didn't you know? And I just, that's all I hear is Jesse James. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was a little wrestle break for you. Uh, so he, he punches Selene in the face twice with super speed punches. Very curious. And basically commands her to bring him the Batman. But knowing Selena Kyle in any universe, she does not take that lightly. And she's not going to take those punches sitting down. She may go along with the plan on face value. But let's face it, she's going to betray him because he's a dick. We then go on to see Batman at the grave of Batman. It's a weird multiverse theory and all that. He's digging up his own corpse to see if he's actually there and maybe try to figure out what the hell's going on while also pondering the mysteries of this universe, uh, including one Darwin Holiday, potentially this world's universe uh, version of the Joker. But he's interrupted uh, mid-coffin opening by none other than <clears throat> Alfred Pennyworth to which he reveals his identity and reveals that he is actually Bruce Wayne from another universe uh, and convinces Alfred that maybe he is actually here to do some good. And Alfred watches Bruce take Bruce away and falls to his knees in fear and crying. Tears. That's what. <laughs> that's the word I was trying to think of. Tears. Tears and fears. Tears and fears, yep. So back at their possible home base, uh, whatever this may be, um, with Jewel, Batman is running a scan on the corpse of the deceased Bruce Wayne uh, to figure out something about what's going on, why he's there, who this is, how he's dead, and why he has no eyeballs. And, but he does find he out that no this Bruce Wayne is actually uh, actually has traces of multiversal energy on him which is very interesting meaning this is possibly a bruce wayne from another universe as well so that's some questions but just then the gcpd has cordoned off the block uh and surrounded the building that they are within uh led by judge two-face i i want to call him judge two-face because it sounds better but judge dent himself uh judge, judge Dredd himself Trent. uh Judge, ooh, Trent. I like that. Judge, Judge Trent and the Redler. I like that. <laughs> I know, I'm just the name master today. That's awesome. Judge Trent and the Redler. That's love it. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so the Bat new hyphen Batman, <laughs> Bat hyphen man, <laughs> uh, goes out to face Judge Trent himself, uh, telling Jewel to get away uh, and get all the residents of the building out. And he's off to get some answers. Using his skills and some tear gas, he takes out each member of the police force instantly uh, and then leaves himself to face Judge Drent personally. Uh, knowing how to fight a roided-out Bane-type character, he does his best to put the, the pain on, but knows he does also have to take some hits. And in true Empire Strikes Back fashion, wraps a rope around his legs, pulls it, and a car falls on him. And then punches him in the face with, I am justice, because he's Batman. How else will you say it? Uh, and then he proceeds to beat the shit out of uh, Judge Drent right in front of the rest of the police force. 
And yeah, uh, without a beat. <laughs> yep. And then the the police just decide to run away because what the fuck, man? <laughs> this guy <laughs> in the back caught just beating the shit out of our roided out police chief. Like, what the hell are we gonna do? Yeah, um, exactly. So he's questioning Dent about uh, Darwin Holiday, but he doesn't know anything, as is said by Selena, who is watching from a building off to the side in the rain. Uh, to which she says, look, I know who you are. Uh, I'll give you the information I have, but I don't know much. Let's work together and figure this out. And together they go off into the underground sewers where they will find some answers, potentially in the Arkham Caves. And that is where our tale closes for now. Uh, shall I go quickly into the backup? or Because honestly, it's like two sentences. Yeah, I mean, you might as well. Yeah, go okay. for it. Uh, so this is the this is the Toy Box Part 3, written by Chip Starsky with art from Miguel Mendoza, uh, colors from Roman Stevens, and letters from Clayton Cowles. So Tim Drake is also surrounded by Toy Man and his... Not not Dolatrons. That's Professor Pig. What the hell would be these be called? That, that'd doll be weird. people. Uh, doll people. Toy Something people. Like yeah. Um is surrounded by the toy people and toy man, but decides to jump duck into the shed where the Obvious. captured people are and uh, hands out the devices to get them back to safety. As he finds out that there's actually one more hidden away, he explodes the far wall, chases after uh, the hidden person where he finds a toy version toy man, creepy as fuck, uh, and instead saves the person before they get killed. Slaps a device on them, slaps a device on Toy Man, and teleports them all back to the main world, where he is now going to interrogate, in his words, this piece of trash, and he's going. And Toy Man is going to get them to Batman. So that story, where I thought was three parts, it turns out is actually going to be more, potentially four or five parts. Uh, maybe, maybe as long as the Batman of Gotham storyline is going on. Uh cool suit on batman i must say i like the the redesign uh for what he's got right now very classic while also remaining fresh very reminiscent i might say of earth 2 batman i will i will admit that it's very interesting this is a fresh feeling batman i gotta say like it, there's a definitely a new resolve while keeping with the same mission that he's always had is stop crime that superstitious and cowardly lot uh, but the fact that he's got that upper hand of already knowing the people he's going up against with all his uh, history and experience makes him such a much more menacing figure that it's, it's very exciting stuff. It's it's great to read. Now, my question for you guys, because this is my theory, Red Mask, is he Eobard Thawne or Evil Barry? Because the first thought is Evil Barry because everything's kind of twisted here, but that red lightning is a dead giveaway. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be Thawne. The only thing is, well, I mean, I'm sure there's an explanation for it, but, um, you know, Thawne comes from the future, obviously, and um, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe he could have fit in somehow. I, I guess I was just thinking it would be easier if it was Barry as opposed to Thawne, who Thawne usually would only comes make back. Because they they he did say that he found multiversal energy on the dead bruce that's true yeah oh rob i did not catch Maybe. this 
Maybe it's Bruce. I did not see the threads coming together. Possible, yeah. <coughs> Could be the, the what uh, was the Flash Batman from oh, Dark Knight's Metal? The, Red, the Red Death. Death. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe like a positive universe version of Red Death. Pos- yeah, something like that. Interesting. Yeah. If you could That'd call be this a, a positive universe. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Arkham yeah. Caves, huh? That reeks of good intentions. <laughs> yeah, oh, very yeah. much so. <laughs> <laughs> at, at least it certainly reeks because it's in the sewers. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, as for the backup, though, for me, it was simple, for simple enough. <laughs> exactly. You need to get uh, yourself a soaker, too. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> God. <laughs> Uh, the, the back of story for me was simple enough, uh, with the main plot left to figure out. Uh, yeah, sorry. That was a weird sentence. It's simple enough to figure out with the main plot, uh, kind of helping it along, but ultimately kind of tame. Didn't really care for it too much. Uh, really just wrapping up what B plot they had before they get back to the main story. Uh, all in all, though, I gave an 8.5 out of 10. Very much enjoyed the pencils and inks. And, and honestly, uh, I think the colors, too, in the main story. Very much the art in the backup as well. Yeah. Solid story in the main story, though. 8.5. I gave it an 8.5, Um There is so much red in this book. Yeah. <laughs> There really is. Even the henchman got the red on. Red mask. <laughs> there's so much red. Anyway, um, that like you mentioned, this it's good old fashioned Batman right here. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying seeing him in a Gotham that hasn't had a Batman. I'd I'd actually be cool if he stayed here for just a little while. It's really fun to read this. Um, yeah. It looks it it looks damn good, and it almost seems like. Um, it almost seems like Bruce feels a little reinvig- reinvigorated. Yeah. You know, like, like let's face it, in, like, in his own world, he's kind of on the outs for a lot of shit. Like, his family's fighting with him all the time. He's broke. He's got a, a, a shitty, uh, like, house that everybody always breaks into. And, <laughs> like, Gotham pretty much hates him. So <laughs> his life. He's not like great got right all now. of the lessons he learned in our universe. So he goes over there and 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 starts yeah. over. But exactly, Brandon does not like that idea. Well, I wouldn't want him to stay, <laughs> but I, I do like the idea that he's no. being reinvigorated by that. It's I didn't really think about that, yeah. but yeah, that is that is nice. I, I fully um, expect them to leave by the end of the story arc, but it is oh, yeah. like. Like I said, it's a fresh feeling Batman. It's a fresh definitely. Almost, it feels like like a fresh story. Yeah, it was the same it's Batman we've had. Bring you know? chicken once more. Yeah, exactly. Except he, he's feeling a little bit more like winter chicken. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> horrible! But uh, please leave. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, the, the the backup looked good. I mean, it was nothing exactly impressive, but yeah, overall, I gave the whole thing an eight point five. I was being a little generous, but I I enjoyed the art all the way throughout. So mm-hmm. there you go. 
yeah, this I've definitely warmed up to this story a little bit more just because initially I was kind of questioning like what, what, how are we going from fail safe to this? It just seems like such a weird pivot, but I I think what you said, Rob, kind of really captures it. It's it's seeing Bruce, you know, back in his original form without all the. I mean, there's still crazies, there's still super powered monsters, but it's sort of him going back to the most basic version of Batman where it's just him and the city and the suit and the mission and sometimes you need a nice palate cleanser to just kind of remind yourself of, of who you are and so thinking about it like yeah. that I, I really enjoy this arc a little bit more seeing Bruce really like you said reinvigorated uh, about his mission and obviously yeah. still trying to get home to his family but you know feeling like he has a purpose here that he's really trying to help people so for that really appreciate it and the art and the colors are just gorgeous um, so Good stuff here. I definitely feel like I've, I've warmed up uh, to the story more as it has continued. Um, the backup is fine. Nothing particularly stand out. It's right. nice seeing Tim do his yeah. thing. Again, like, it just feels very much like the Red Robin series where it's he was there trying and I don't to... hate it. Yeah, it's it was sort of like where he was trying to hunt for Bruce after Final Crisis. This is just kind of that, except more focused i don't know it's it's not bad it's just you know it's it's doing his thing um but yeah yeah no a uh, solid all around and i would probably give the the whole book an 8.25 out of 10 right on yeah I, i'm just happy tim is finally going to be out of that bodysuit that yeah. multiverse <laughs> bodysuit because it reminds me way too much of his drake outfit from young justice oh god yeah and that was a horrible suit. really Ooh, the brown and gray yeah. Rough times. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> uh. <coughs> yep. So that was Batman. And now we're going to speed on over to our last book of the week, which is, as promised earlier, a very fast one. It is The Flash number 794, and Mr. Brandon's going to fill us in and take us home. Yeah, you're no kidding about Flash. You're not kidding about Flash, because I can't imagine anything faster than The Flash, especially in a story like this where they're all tapped into the Speed Force, whether they want to be or not. But yes, this is Flash 794, Part 5 of the One Minute War, and is written, of course, by Jeremy Adams with pencils from Roger Cruz, inks from Wellington Diaz and Roger Cruz, colors from Luis Guerrero, and letters from Rob Lee. We catch up with last week's cliffhanger, or two weeks ago's cliffhanger, whatever it was, where Iray was about to throw down with Miss Murder, and thankfully, with a little bit of help from a very slow-moving Superman, she is able to hold off Miss Murder before she is able to take any of the people from Mr. Terrific's lab. But unfortunately, she finds out some rather tragic news from Miss Murder while they're having their little tumble, and that is that apparently... Many of the Flash family on their in their assault on the Spire have been incapacitated, and her father in particular has been killed. So Ira naturally rushes off to the scene to find out for herself just what the heck is going on as we shift our attention to that very scene where Linda is freaking out because she believes Wally's lost and Jesse's trying to calm her down. Meanwhile, the rest of the Fraction goons are trying to get the rest of the Speedsters, or the Conduits as they call them, into their tanks and haul them off to the Spire. 
But just as they are getting prepared to move, they hear some thunder off into the distance, or at least that's what they think it is, only for Jay to correct them and inform them that that is not thunder, but something much better. It is Ira West, her, whoa, his granddaughter. And as she approaches and makes quick work of the rest of the, the Fraction goons, she announces that she's there to save the day, as well as informing the rest of the Flash family that she has taken on a new code name, and that is Thunderheart, which I think is very sweet. Thankfully, the rest of the Flash family are able to break free due to the intervention of the mysterious speedster who we met in the last issue that uh, Impulse and Ace were able to save from the Fraction, and um, with some more added help from Barry, the rest of the speedsters are able to get free, though Ira charges off after, uh, after Jay, who has been taken by the Fraction in order to try and save him but does not succeed. So the rest of the Flash family head back to their base and are trying to recuperate and figure out what their next steps are going to be while Jay is being held prisoner by the Fraction and will be held subject to some strange experimentations from an unnamed doctor that they mention. Barry is still mourning the loss of both Iris and now Wally, just trying to figure out what the hell to go from next or where the hell they should go from next and has some kind of epiphany in the moment and realizes that there may be a way to solve this, and in fact, there may be a way to make it so that everything that's happened with the Fraction so far never even happened at all. But before we can get an explanation as to what Barry's sudden epiphany is, we cut over back to the Fraction, where the Doctor is preparing a vivisection on poor old Jay, although poor and old might be exaggerating a bit because Jay is in quite top form in this scene and is able to escape from the Doctor pretty easily before announcing that it's time for the Fraction to see what Jay Garrick can do. And I'm super excited for that because Jay Garrick solo issue yeah. of The Flash taking it down at the Fraction sounds fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, this story is just, it's still great. Uh, like I, I'm still just in love with this, this Flash story. And um, I said it reminded me a lot of Terminal Velocity and I mean that in the best way, where it's the Flash family really having to go through a moment of hardship, especially now that they think Wally is lost, although, as we know, he is sure to return fairly soon. But also just seeing Ira get the spotlight and really, you know, have her hero moment was great. Although, if I have one complaint, it's she announces her new title, her new superhero name, which is awesome, but she's still wearing the Impulse costume, which I thought was kind of funny because yeah. it's like, I, I, I remember from Flash Rebirth, the Jeff Johns story, um, where they have like that moment where um, Wally teaches them like the Speed Force trick to basically make their, their own costumes or something. And I thought they were going to do that as like a, like a fun little callback where Irie is going to shift her, her costume and she's going to have the one that she has on the cover. But she just shows up and she's like, nope, I'm Thunderheart, but I'm still dressed like Impulse. Yeah, that would have been awesome, but yeah. no, well, so maybe I, I guess... Maybe the Thunderheart costume comes later. Hopefully, yeah, because it, it would be yeah. rather awkward for her to be running around in Bart's costume, but calling herself Thunderheart. Anyway, like, yeah. um, that, that 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 summer, what's her name from the Teen Titans Academy? It took them nearly a year to call her Black Ice when she was advertised that on on the cover yeah. on that one issue, <laughs> yeah. and it was like almost a year. 
It's like, yeah. come on, guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, aside from that, I just like, it's exactly the kind of Flash story you would want right now, especially if you're a fan of the Flash family, of big action and suspense and all the storytelling tropes that people like. I don't know. I'm not selling this book very well right now. It's just great. You got to pick it up. And the art is great. And I'm, I'm just having a great time. And again, really excited for the next issue where we can see Jay Garrick just unchained and kicking some fucking ass because that last splash page means that Jay means business. Oh, and I'm 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 waiting I'm oh, waiting yeah. to see it. I'm like I just just let let the beast out. So yeah, I'm having a great time. This one got a nine point two five out of ten for me. Right on. Yeah, that that last page is certainly a pleaser because you got that world war ii vet just coming out like he knows this shit at the beginning of the story like he already showed off like no this is war i know what i'm doing and yeah sit tight (laughs) i've been through this one that's done this yeah (laughs) i know what's gonna happen i know what to do let me at him, boys. <laughs> yeah. None of you are ready. the motherfuckers, I, I, I Sergeant Rock. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You guys didn't fight the Nazis. <laughs> I did. I know what I'm doing. This ain't any different. And I'm like, fuck yeah, Jay. Fuck but him up. Yeah. When I'm the did, hidden member of Easy When Company did Jay too. Garrett get Batman Bill? <laughs> yeah. When it's the true. fraction I mean, motherfucker to is, up. He's had skinny <laughs> arms his whole fucking life. He's had skinny yeah. arms at least my whole life. I mean, I feel like Jay's probably did. been working out in recent years. You know, I I, I could definitely oh, yeah. see that. Yeah, he's keeping himself he's like active. Eighty, and he's got an eight pack. He's like a hundred. <laughs> he's like hundred, and he's got. It's, an eight it's pack. that. Uh, it's you know, it's like Captain America. He's very very old, but uh, you know, he's still keeping fit. Well, what do you guys the, the think about that part about where? What do you guys think about that part where he, uh, the uh, fraction dude um, says that Jay's internal organs are much younger than him and it's it's much more than it being affected by the speed force? Do you think that there's... Well, I think, yeah, that was... Um, that? Oh, it, shit, it's... I'll be honest. I kind of glossed over that. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that I think is, is a reference because most of the, the JSA characters like Wildcat, like... Alan Scott are easily like a hundred years old at this point. They're if they fought yeah. in World War II, they're yeah they're like nearly a hundred or over a hundred. Um, but I think they mentioned that there was because for a while um, the JSA characters were in purgatory or something like that, and they sort of talk about how that basically halted their aging. And then I think there was some kind of effect or spell or something. I, I got to double check the story that basically made it so that they age really, really slowly. Um, and that also extended to some of their family members, which is why Joan was, like, still alive when Jay was alive, um, even though she should have been super old, too. So it was something like that. But, yeah, basically most of the JSA members, the ones from the World War II days, have something going on where they just age very slowly. So, yeah, like Captain America, you know, just sort of keeps them young. I do wonder if there's going to be a part, like a points in DC continuity going forward. Like mm-hmm. maybe in the next 20, 30 years where it gets to, because we're getting close to the hundred year like, anniversary of the beginning of world war two. Yeah. And are they going to eventually update the JSA to like 
okay, these were not World War II soldiers because... Okay, so I honestly, I was thinking about that the other day, actually. And I I honestly don't think they ever will. And I don't think they need to because I I was thinking of, like, you have characters from, let's say, like, uh, I don't want to say ancient times, but, you know, you have characters from, like, deep history. Like, you have someone like Dracula or, um, I don't know, like, Nostradamus or something like that. And they don't have their characters. Thomas is a villain. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Like you know, char- characters. Khan. Yeah, character or Kangaskhan yeah. or whatever. But uh, yeah, someone like Dracula, who is inspired by someone from I think like the 15th century, a 15th century Eastern European king or something like that. And they don't really have to update their origins. They're just like mythological figures, or maybe mythological is not the right word. But they're they're preserved. They don't necessarily have to change. They don't have to operate on a sliding timeline. And I was thinking about that too. And I was like, you really don't need to. Like they will always be people who fought during World War One. They'll just continue to live like that, and they'll be hundreds of years old, but they'll still have that experience. They'll be living documents of history. So they they never really have to change. So in the I don't know in the twenty nineties, if they're still telling DC comic stories. You'll have Jay Garrick speaking to the sixth uh, iteration of, like, Our Man or whatever and be like, yeah, when I fought in World War II 150 years ago, you know, I I feel like it'll be like that. It'll just – it'll continue to be classic no matter how far into the future we get. Fair enough. I'm down for that. Mm -hmm. I think think it just works in that way because, like, you wouldn't wouldn't have Captain America, you know, not fight in World War II. It wouldn't work. no, but so, at least I don't know. It, it was could frozen, right? And yeah. you can always just push that in your continuity. You can always just say, like, yeah, I was defrosted in, in 1963. I was defrosted in 1994. I was defrosted in 2016. Like, you can mm-hmm. always just update how, like, yeah. when he was de- when he was thawed out of the ice, right? But well, the, the JSA is kind of like that because they were, yeah, they were canonically in purgatory, you know, at, at one point in DC's history. Yeah. So you could always just kind of say, at one point, they were outside of time, now they're back in time, and they've been back for, like, two years, even if it's 2094. Yeah, fair enough. Which is crazy to think about. Yeah. <laughs> they just carry on <laughs> right, forever, and it's like, yeah. they were took away from time for a little while, and now time don't fuck with them at all. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. If it's, like, 2087, and I'm 86, and I can still read comic books... I'm going to be reading, like, the 18th volume of Justice Society of America, and Jay and Alan are going to be talking about the World War II days, and I'm going to feel fucking so fucking old. Uh, still written by Jeff Johns. Still written by Jeff Johns. It'll, it'll be like, yeah. I know you've seen Futurama, so you're going to get this reference, but it'll just be like Jeff Johns' <laughs> head preserved in a glass. It'll be hooked up to a computer, and I'll just be writing JSA forever. Yeah, forever. <laughs> He's the we, only one that's now called Jay Garrick since the year 1999. Exactly. Exactly. Do we exactly. call him Zaddy Flash now? Zaddy Flash. Zaddy. Oh, oh Zaddy my Flash. God! Don't oh, don't yeah. say that ever. <laughs> I oh. like it. Oh, I just uh, I just watched Flash. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh man. He says that shit all the time. <laughs> Daddy Garrick, hey. yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got um, he's got a nice look for a hundred and two. Yeah, 
he's keeping, he's keeping it together. Like Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's keeping he's, it together. He's fit as fuck. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, enough enough fawning over Jay. I got some other characters <laughs> to, got. To, to talk yeah. about. Let's fawn over someone else. Where um, the characters come from? Because uh, I will get back to Jay. I have a note about Jay. Um, first off, I, I don't remember if you mentioned it in your synopsis, Brandon, but y'all think Barry's going to time travel again? Because that, that seems like a bad idea. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I thought about that. that he never, always, that's never his goes answer. in his favor. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking they might, like... have the best track record. Yeah, I was thinking they might turn back time, but he's not going to go back in time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, they're going to reverse the... They're going to pull a Superman 1... And they're gonna spin the Earth oh, backwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's why he was doing the calculations. So what you're yeah. saying is he's going back he's, in time. Think he's yes. gonna find oh out God. that if they do it just right, yeah. and he only goes back in time in under a minute, it will have no repercussions. Yes. Can, can I can I suggest something? If you're if you're gonna say back in time, you have to sing it. Back in, back time. in time. Oh my god. <laughs> It's such a I, it's I'm such sorry. a stupid song, but I'm no Huey Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's 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 gonna be interesting. I am curious. Oh, yeah. like, I, I didn't even think about it, but when you mentioned next issue could be a Jay solo issue of him just like wrecking shit in the fraction base, and he. He wins the war single-handedly because he's a mm-hmm. badass, which was my note about Jay. Jay is a badass. That's all I had written down. <laughs> yes. um, and just, he gets back to uh, Michael Holt's laboratory just in time to see the Flash family on the Cosmic Treadmill. Like, wait, Jay, you're back? No! And they just zoom in oh, to erase everything. No! Yeah. <laughs> like, Barry, no! Not again! The last time you did no. this, I literally got taken out of time. You forgot me. <laughs> Don't do it. No, like, it's not worth it. Another kid flash. Yeah, we're gonna get another kid flash. Damn it, Barry. It's we're gonna get another yeah. kid flash. No, stop doing this shit. We're running out of names. We just got Thunderheart. <laughs> that would be oh, actually be really funny. I I'm, mean, I'm like hoping yeah, that's how like the next issue name. ends. Yeah, where he's just like Barry. No, not again. It's not worth it. I mean, it is, but it's not. Fact. And then the next kid flash is Jay Garrick, D A. Oh my god. No. Oh my god. <laughs> that was like a terrible nineties idea. Reverse John Kent. Oh. oh man. <laughs> Heroes reborn. <laughs> oh no. No, don't even say that. <laughs> oh my is god. Is it just me or does Thunderheart sound too. like a care bear? Thunderheart? A little bit. Or yeah, like a little like bit. Like an evil yeah. care bear. A care bear. Yeah. Or uh, yeah. like a My Little Pony or something. There, yeah. yeah, a Scare Bear. A scare Bear. Um, the the last thing the I name. wanted to mention is um, I love that Thunderheart, in true sibling fashion, uh, was just using her brother like a weapon. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna hit a motherfucker with a motherfucker. Just <laughs> him at people <laughs> and things. I mean, and Iris like, is that your brother? Like, yeah. I know. I mean, well, Josh, I know. <laughs> I know you have. Josh, I know you have your older brother, Rob. I forget if you have siblings, but I have a younger yes. brother. I, I have a. I have an older sister. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, so that, I that get because she would totally throw me. At <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing because I know if it was me and my older brother, <laughs> he would absolutely use me as a battering ram. 
if yeah. I had super strength. <laughs> just chuck me at the wall. Exactly. Guilty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all in all, this issue, I'm going to give. Honestly, I, I initially scored an 8.75, but talking about it with you guys, I'm loving it so much more. It's upgraded to a 9. Yeah, it's, I'm it's having actually, so much fun. It, honestly, solid fucking yep, issue. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It was really, really good. Cruz and Wellington Diaz did a great job on that art. Um, mm-hmm. Other than Jake Garrick uh, hitting some whey protein, it it's it's <laughs> it's like... You're just Super mad because Jay awesome. is more um, jacked than you. I am fucking saying. Z- I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> uh, um, Torin Clark did a badass cover too. That like father like daughter deal on the on the front, man. Yeah. That 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 was just gorgeous. This is a great book, great series. I'm glad they're gonna grab it all up into one because people should be reading this. You. Don't need to know Flash around this at all. At all to be able to pick it up. Just pick it up and read it and enjoy the shit out of it. But um, I gave it a 9 out of 10. Right on. And yeah, honestly, you mentioned it. I, I Honestly, when I first heard that they were doing that first three issues collection that came out this week the one minute war special or whatever it was called. Um, I was thinking, come on, Start like, the why, why, why are we doing this? But you think about it for people that aren't reading the flash, this arc is fantastic. <laughs> and it if it's really getting is. really good press, and like you said, you don't need to be reading this run. You don't need to know anything about the flash to enjoy it. You just got to like jump in and, and enjoy it. Um, and now that we're at what part five, part six now, uh, yeah, totally. Like, give this like three issue collection, the first three issues, uh, give people that chance to catch up, and then they could pick up the spare issues alongside part six. So, yeah, that, I think that that's actually a great idea for a story arc of this caliber because it's no, it's I, really I agree. Good. And I I reread <clears throat> the the first four issues of of this arc just kind of as a, as a reminder, um, to remind myself of. In everything that was going on and i agree i think the first issue does a pretty good job of introducing all the different speedster characters and just sort of establishing them and their personalities and you can really just jump right in with you know maybe limited knowledge or, or i mean potentially no knowledge though i would probably encourage you to to learn a little bit about the flash family but yeah i think with with very limited knowledge of the rest of this yeah. one you could still enjoy this arc quite a bit have a good time mm-hmm. oh yeah and anything For you don't sure. know, even sure. if you go in blank, the the few things you would necessarily need to know, you easily picked up on a wiki or something. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Also, can I just say yeah, it's a minor solid. thing, but it's my last point. But I love Jesse Quick's costume. Jesse has had like a, a horrible yes. history of costumes that are good and costumes that are not good, and I think this is easily my favorite. That weird V with the wingtips was really Ugh. on the like the M, the symbol yeah. on her shirt, whatever that was. That was really I never understood that. <laughs> I think she was trying to look like her dad, Max Mercury, but I don't. Or wait, no, not Max Mercury. Um, no, John, Max Johnny Quick. Her dad? No, uh, no, no. Oh God, that would be disturbing. Um, <laughs> but uh, wait, no, the 
Especially yeah. when he hit on her too. As she's I gone. know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh god, <laughs> this ain't that kind of story. Oh, no. oh my word. Um, oh man. But yes, yeah, I think it was trying to look like the original, uh, the original Johnny Quick, um, and then uh, yeah, I don't know, not not the best design, uh, to say the least. I mean, even even for that, like, even if it's on Johnny Quick's costume, I still don't really understand the symbol. Is it supposed to is it, like it's an, wings? It's one of know. quite a Speed few examples of what like... Brandon was saying about how her costumes have sucked. Yes, there have been ones that are good and ones that are not good, and I think yeah. this is probably my favorite. It's like a fusion of the best parts of all the different costumes that she's had, which is is fun. Yes, but anyway, that's yeah. that's all yeah. I gotta say. Liberty Bell was a good costume, I would say, mm -hmm. but I I didn't understand Liberty Bell. Yeah, <laughs> I understand I, it was JSA, but I don't I don't understand why the change. <laughs> I, I still don't even understand why a character named Liberty Bell is a speedster, but okay. It, yeah. I guess that didn't makes she some kind of sense. Have super strength at the time too. I think Wasn't so. She yeah. Like sharing the mirror club or something. Yeah, with uh, with Rick. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> I like that that era of JSA, but that was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, all right, so if that's all for the Flash, we're going to jump on over to our top three books of the week and favorite moments. Starting us off, let's go to Josh. All right, then what we will start off with is um, me having a hard time placing these. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, uh, I, number three was Superman. That one was underneath the next two, and it took me forever. It actually took me right up until right before the show um, to be able to pick between number two and number one. Number two I gave to Poison Ivy. Number one I gave to The Flash. All excellent stories, though. Excellent stories. Yeah. And um, y'all going to laugh, but the art in it was so good for what was going on. So um, my favorite moment was the orgy. Oh, God. <laughs> and Poison Ivy. It, it was a very well-drawn image. Yes. The art it was, was really and stellar. It, it did yeah. it without getting, without going overboard. But um, yeah. also that panel in uh, Batman after Catwoman gets punched, where it shows her face. She's got a little bit of blood dripping down from her mouth, and that there's that abrasion on the side of her cheek. Yeah, that was fucking phenomenal art. Oh, sadist. That was phenomenal art. <laughs> yeah, it's a sadist. I'm not saying I enjoyed the picture. I'm just saying I, I appreciated that art. That was very impressive. Yeah, it was. It was also well drawn. Yes. 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 Jesus. <laughs> right, Brandon, what you got? Uh, at number three, I would probably put Batman 133. At number two, I also had Poison Ivy. And at number one, no surprise, I just love this issue. The Flash, number 794, just a really phenomenal issue. Um, and I was trying to pick my favorite moment um, from The Flash. It was hard because there were a number of ones that I really liked, um, but honestly, I it's it's a two-way tie, and I, I I hate to bring that back, but it's a two-way tie 
between that ending splash page with Jay, which was just so cool, um, and Linda saying, is that your brother, um, while Jai is just, like, <laughs> hanging off the wall. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I will start off with my favorite moment because both of those were also my favorite moments. <laughs> so whichever one you pick, I'll pick oh, the man. other one. <laughs> uh, not even specifically that that moment with Linda asking um, if that's her brother. Just like any moments, Irie just picked Jay up and and hit and threw him mm. like a bowling ball. <laughs> okay. Well, here you can you can take yeah. you can take that moment, and I'll take another moment, okay. which is my runner-up, which is when Barry is like going crazy and has his epiphany, and Jesse asks what's going on, and Bart's just like, "Yeah, I don't know. I think Grandpa is going insane." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also good. Um, my top three. Honestly, kind of got updated over the past, like, eight hours multiple times. <laughs> uh, starting off with number three, I initially had Batman, but the more I thought about it when I wrote my review for Batman, the backup kind of dragged it down, so it got replaced by Monkey Prince, number 12, which I think was a very stellar issue, uh, and capped off the series quite well. Number two, I originally had The Flash, but that's being bumped up to number one because it scored higher now, and honestly, hell of a damn good issue. Uh, so number two is Adventures of Superman, John Kent, number one. Again, really good intro issue. Uh, and as I said, number one is The Flash. <clears throat> and I already said my favorite moment, so that was our favorite moments. And now it's time for your favorite moments. It is... Not applicable. Uh, oh. Dang. <laughs> what? Uh, did you guys really have that biggest stinker moment? I had one, actually. Oh, I, did you really? I actually don't think I have yeah. any this week. Yeah, I uh, I actually do have one. <laughs> oh, that's nasty. There, fixed it. Uh, all right uh so i I understand you guys are probably abstaining this week very understandable because uh it did take me a lot of thought a a lot a lot of uh thinking what's the word a a lot a lot of thought process i guess is what i'm trying to say contemplation come up with this contemplation yeah to really uh figure if i really wanted to do this and quite honestly yes uh i will put the Joker, the man who stopped laughing this week on the biggest stinker for me, because mm. it didn't really feel you like mean much the happened. Duo? No, the the man who stopped laughing. What issue six? Yeah, you didn't mention that yeah. in. Uh... Yeah, I, I, yeah, that had that came out what? this week, <laughs> as well as the Deadly Duo. <laughs> Wow. Wait, didn't Deadly Duel come out soon? Yeah, both of them. Yeah, that was last week. Yeah, that was this week. I, yeah. Damn it, I missed the man who stopped laughing. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I'm not spoiling anything. Um, but honestly, yeah, it made my stink list this week because it honestly felt like a nonsense issue. Not much <laughs> happened, uh, and it was is didn't really move any of the plot along apart from 
a, a Joker just going crazy and causing mayhem. Like, is, yeah. And normally I think that'd be fun, but I'm so invested in the major story going on that I really did not need this break. I just want to know what the hell's going on. So, yeah, yeah it made my stink list this week. And the only saving grace it had is that Manhunter was in it, which was fun, but only for a little yes, bit. Yes, yeah, that, that, uh, that was interesting. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for next issue, but this issue, yeah. 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 All right, so uh, I guess that's it. Josh has some reading to do now. <laughs> Damn it. All right. And with that, that's our show. So remember, you can help support us by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcasts. Check us out on Twitter at Not a Robot Comics. Subscribe to our Substack for bonus reviews, articles, and more. And as always, there's only one way we say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each other. And don't be a robot. Uh oh. Josh's group.